What's happening, everybody? This is the Postdoc PT Experience, episode 40. I'm your host, Dr. Nick Gula, and my guest this week is a friend of the podcast, somebody who's been on before, Dr. Shelby York. This is another one of our Run It Back Residency Update episodes. Shelby is about 11 months into her orthopedic residency at Ohio State University. So we get to go through her experience so far. You heard her about, I think it was somewhere around two to three months into residency. Now you get to see somebody who's been through almost the full year of it. And the cool thing about this episode is she not only talks and goes into detail about the good of residency life, but she also talks about the bad and the struggles that come through with residency life as well. So we hope you enjoy it. Thanks for giving us a listen. And without further ado, I give you Shelby York. Round two, Shelby, what's up? Hello, hello, how are you? Pretty good, long time no see. How was your day? I literally saw you this morning, but that's fine. Yep. It was good, it was a long day. Today was, this whole week has just been really long, but you know, that's okay, good and bad well, days. Well, thanks for taking some time out and blessing us with your presence here on the podcast and all of, of our course, listeners. Of course, of course, anything for Nick, so. Appreciate you know. it. Mm -hmm. What are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking... Land Grant Citrus Pale Ale. Okay, classic Columbus beer. Very classic. Have you ever heard of Breckenridge Brewery? Um, I've been to Breckenridge, but I haven't been. But to not the their brewery. brewery. No. They got a and great when I say vanilla been there, porter. I mean, like, drove through. So Colorado uh, has a lot of good breweries. Here's here's my fun fact. I heard on the uh, on the radio this morning that the uh, when you were stuck in traffic for like forever 100 percent stuck in traffic with because there's a car accident this morning mm -hmm. on our way to work yep mm -hmm. yep yep but i heard that veil the veil company it's they own a couple different resorts mm -hmm. they dropped their ski pass prices by i think 20 percent really for this upcoming year so i mean normally they're literally like at least a grand. I don't know. I thought they were. I could be wrong. But yeah, I think they were saying that they're usually eight hundred or so dollars for yeah. the season, yeah. where it pays off if you go more than six times. Mm -hmm. But if you don't, then it obviously doesn't. But it's twenty percent off. So wow, if you're looking to that. ski this year. You know, I'm not much of a skier. I've been once. My friend is a ski instructor, and we went through. We went down the bunny <laughs> hill once, and he's like, "You know, you got it. You got it." I was like, "All right." And we went down the main hill and I just immediately took a beeline for the tree and I thought I tore my ACL. So I just haven't been back. I'm good. And I know what that rehab treating, process is like. I'm good. You love treating the knee and the hip. So you're I like, do. I don't want to do that. I do. I know what the rehab process is like and would rather not put myself through it if I can avoid it. So it's fair. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. We, we know the perils now. Yeah, I think I know just enough to make myself feel uncomfortable doing a lot of sports and then... <laughs> It's well, that's true though. It's something like with kids, you know, how they have reckless abandon because they know they've never been hurt before. And then once mm -hmm. you feel pain, then you're never having that same reckless abandon ever again. Exactly. That's why, like, even I wanted to play in a soccer league, and the, the thought constantly crossed my mind. I'm like, am I gonna tear an ACL? Who's gonna who's gonna do my ACL rehab? Like <laughs> uh, that is okay. that fear avoidance? Probably. Let me pull I, I, up. Let me not. pull up my case study from PT school, and we can chat about it. That's funny. 
so uh so how long has it been now since uh, you started residency you started back in what end of july yeah we're going on almost a year almost a year mm-hmm. you got uh what another six months after july comes up though right <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. I it, sometimes like I love the residency, but I have a couple friends who are getting ready to be done like mm-hmm. early next month. And I'm like, like two of them have already accepted jobs and like all this stuff. I'm like, mm, must be nice. <laughs> so to remind our listeners here at Ohio State, which is where you're doing your orthopedic residency, we do uh, an 18 month ortho residency mm-hmm. and sports and I, residency too, right? The yeah. sports for 18 months till. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, it's for a reason. I think it'll, there, there's a reason behind it. You know, we get that mentorship. <laughs> <Don't, laughs> we get the mentorship with like helping the younger people when they start and there's more like teaching opportunities and more learning and all that jazz. So it'll be good. I'm excited for the new people to start. I think it'll be a nice little switch up. Right. We have a, we have a cool cohort in some of them aren't younger. Some of them are just newer PTs. Some yep. of them are older. So mm-hmm. I think that'll be cool to see different personalities. And I th- that's, that's fun. Always, always being a part of the interview process and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was definitely interesting to be on the other side of things this year, a lot less stressful. So, so you've been through the ringer now, right? It's been a year. Mm-hmm. What do you think so far? Give me the uh, ups, give me the downs. Yeah. Give me the turnarounds. Yeah. Many turnarounds. Um, so I have now been in two clinics and I'm actually going to experience three, which I think will be a good add into residency. Um, but I really like it. Like, I'm very happy. I was talking to someone the other day and they're like, are you happy you did a residency? And I was like, absolutely. Like I would recommend a residency to anybody. Mm-hmm. I know that it's a thing in the PT world where you're like, oh, you don't need one. But I think it has just really like skyrocketed my anxiety or not my anxiety. Well, that, that is, I do have a lot of anxiety, but I think it's just like really helps my confidence overall. And I think that I, um, I, I feel like I'm a good PT. I don't know what happened where I felt like I wasn't this anxious little PT anymore. Like, I feel like I'm actually treating people well and I'm helping people. And, um, I think like the conversations I'm having and mentoring are improving. Um, and they're becoming like a little bit more in depth, like the why and not necessarily like, how do I do this? How do I do that? Like, what are your thoughts on this? Blah, blah, blah. And I think um, it's just more of like my critical reasoning um, thoughts at this point compared to just like probably all the dumb questions I had in the beginning. Um, So I think like, I think it's just really given me the opportunity to uh, become confident in my skills and really, um, I think my thing was always being able to not argue, but defend my point as to why I'm doing things and having an educated response and a way to back up everything that I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And I feel like at this point, you know, obviously there's always room to grow, but at this point I feel like I can, I can hold my own, especially, you know, I know I'm a younger PT, but I think I provide very strong care. And if I don't know how to do something, I will figure it out. And I think the residency has um, helped me with those skills through like mentoring and just the didactic work every Monday um, which has actually been really good. I was a little wary of it at first, just because I was like, oh, every Monday, like a different lecture, it's going to be like PT mm-hmm. school. But I think it's, it's not like the lectures we had in PT school. It's, um, it's like building upon this stuff. And I think I've enjoyed the didactic work more, the more that I've been in the clinic, because now I'm able to either ask a little bit more in-depth questions or actually understand what they're talking about a little bit more. <laughs> so like we had a lecture this past week over, um, 
like lower extremity surgeries. And I've had all those surgeries that we talked about. And it, I was able to actually, I don't know. I just think it like, it really built upon my education instead of just like the basics. Like you need to strengthen the hip flexors and all this random stuff. Well, the cool thing is you're, you're seeing that stuff in the clinic. You're, you have firsthand experience, yeah. which then brings on its own questions and, and thought processes that come up and you're troubleshooting while you're, you're treating the person you're, you're going through the rehab process. It's not the same for every single person, right? It's a little bit mm -hmm. different. And then you get to bring those experiences into your lectures. Yeah, absolutely. And we, which has been awesome. I think, um, I don't know, I, I, I would recommend a residency to anybody. I think that it just through the mentorship and like, whether it be with the clinicians or the senior residents and, you know, soon to be junior residents. Um, I think it's just been a really, really, really great experience. Like I'm very happy that I did it and, and chose to come to Ohio State. That's awesome. I'm happy mm -hmm. that you feel that way because mm -hmm. let's be honest, not everybody does feel that way, yeah. whether it's just not the right timing for them or it's different than what they expected or the program isn't living up to what it should be. There's different mm -hmm. reasons. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got really lucky. I also was very, um, I've been all in on a residency for years. Um, this is, I knew I wanted to do this for a very long time. Um, which I think we talked about in the last podcast. Um, yep. So I, I think I had a very strong understanding of what to expect going in, which I think um, really helped with a lot of my adjustment and, you know, um, just tackling everything that I was expected to do because I kind of knew going in what I had signed up for. So overall, it's been really good. Has it been what you expected? Like you, you had an idea in your head, like you had mm -hmm. to have, of what, what it meant to be in a residency or what it meant to be a resident. Mm -hmm. Is that the same? Like, yeah. Um, I, I think it's the same to some extent. I, the mentorship has definitely, um, been up to what I was expecting going in. I think that I have different relationships with every single mentor and can kind of, um, just get different things with each one, which I, I don't think I was expecting to build as strong of relationships with my mentors as I have. Um, you know, I think that I am, I don't really consider them like a mentor. Like I consider them a friend as well. And, and we get to hang out outside of the clinic, which I think is really special. And it sets up that relationship where it's like, I'm not, I don't know. I was talking to Megan Graver about this and, um, Friend I just, of the podcast, I, friend of the podcast. Yeah, friend of the podcast. But I just really respect that she she didn't make it seem like she was some head honcho coming in and that she was like the best PT. And you know, she definitely is. Like she's a great PT, but I think she just created an environment where I felt really, really comfortable. Um, and I think that that really set me up to do well. Um, mm. So the mentorship has lived up to it. It and has. maybe, maybe surpassed what you expected. Yes. Yes. I would definitely say that. I think the mentorship has definitely made this residency, um, as, uh, great as I thought it was going to be. I think that I, I was expecting a lot of support, but I think the support that I've gotten from managers has also been really, um, helpful and not necessarily something right. that I was really expecting going in. I had, I had Paul for my first manager and I think, um, he helped me in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. And now I have Mitch where, um, Mitch is helping me in a lot of different ways, which I think is really helpful. And I think I'm, I'm kind of seeing like two different managers and I, I'm like talking to them. And, um, I think it's just, it's been a really great experience in terms of like working with different managers as well. 
Um, in terms of research, that's kind of everything I expected it would be. Mm -hmm. I got lucky and got to stay with the same professor that I worked with in undergrad or in grad school. Um, so that's so you guys nice. got to hit the ground running from that standpoint. Yeah, I kind of knew what the plan was. We we had to change it obviously because of COVID, because data collection was not going. So my project is different than we originally expected, which is kind of a bummer. But it just means you know maybe there's opportunities in the future to get involved in that same study in a different way. Um, right. Yeah, I think it's been good. Cool. Yeah. Well, well, the the two things that you, that you mentioned first, the mentorship. Mm -hmm. and the relationships with your job mm -hmm. right? you said your managers but essentially that's the relationship with with your clinic mm -hmm. sometimes we can get lost in in what's the most important thing about residency and like why are we doing the residency and mm -hmm. it's to become a better clinician yeah to get the mentor, like mentoring is like very high up there. It's mm -hmm. probably one A on importance list of why you do a residency. And then one B is breeding patients and figuring out how to, how to live in the society and become a little bit more of a, a leader within the clinic and, and take that side of the picture as well and run with it. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool that you're able to uh, see those as, as really big positives from a residency. Mm -hmm. Now, let's try not to be so so biased because like both of us, we love residency. Like mm -hmm. it worked really well for us. Yeah. What, what maybe are some of the shortcomings that you've found so far? And this doesn't have to be knocking anybody. Yeah. let's let's make it more from the side of like cody's the worst i yeah. hope he listens to this cody mansfield the I'm worst sorry. make make it a little bit more about yourself mm -hmm. and not so like much just like self-degrading but think about it in terms of maybe how it hasn't suited you the best uh, That's a hard question. That is. And I mean, I have an answer. Like mental health is very hard. And I, I you know, I think we're in this interesting time where um, it's a, I started a residency in a global pandemic and. Um, just a breeze of a time. Yeah. Just Big deal, you know, right? casual, casual. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I think that um, dealing with my mental health has been difficult during residency. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I feel very supported in everything. And, um, you know, I go to therapy, uh, every now and then. Um, but life keeps going even when you're in residency. And sometimes that's hard with like outside things going on and feeling like you're very busy with everything else. And, um, I'm the only person in my friend group that really did a residency. So I'm kind of the only one that like they, they don't know what it's like to do it. And, you know, obviously listening to, to them and everything. Um, but I think um, I've had a really hard time like setting boundaries, whether it be at work and not scheduling over my lunch or not coming in early. And I not, and I don't want it to come off as seem, seeming like I can't handle it to everybody else in the clinic or that I'm not a good enough PT to do that, but also taking a step back and realizing like my mental health is important. I don't want to get burnout. I'm literally still in the first year of being a PT. Mm -hmm. um, and like working through and setting these good patterns early in my career so that I can keep them later. And I, I haven't done a good job. <laughs> like I literally like 
had a, a chat with a mentor today about how poorly I was doing with setting boundaries. Um, like next week alone, I'm coming in early every day and I don't have a lunch for two weeks. So it's just one of those things. Like, yeah, no, I know, I know. <laughs> and, but it's one of those things, like, it's hard to ask for help or to say that you're having a hard time. Cause we're in this like high right. stress thing. And it's also like, you have to meet productivity and they say that productivity doesn't matter for residents, but then if you want to get hired, like that matters. And it, I mean, there's just a lot of things that go into it and you want to seem like a strong employee, but I can just like, I know my triggers and I know when I'm being affected. And like mm -hmm. my, if my patience is affected, I consider myself like a decently patient person. And if I just can tell that I'm getting annoyed or impatient or something small happens and I get so mad, I know that I am just like not well. So I think during residency, like to answer your question, what's been hard for me is just like, just my mental health and like trying to set good patterns for the rest of my career. And just if like outside life happens, like sometimes that's hard as well. We all have our own right things if one more friend gets engaged i'm gonna lose my mind like <laughs> i'm like oh my gosh i didn't know we were all getting engaged within the first year of leaving pt school but that's cool so, no one told me no one told me and so we'll, we'll, we're gonna take a picture where everybody has the ring and i'll just have the ocs book and that's i'll just hold that <laughs> so it, it's just like little things like that you know i right. think everybody everybody has it everybody's got their own thing and i think what's been helpful for me is like um just not complaining about everything. And it probably sounds like I'm complaining now and I apologize, but just no, trying to have like a, a good mindset about everything and being grateful for that. I even got to do this residency and the, the position I'm in. I love my job. Like, you know, there's always good parts. And I think that's been um, helpful right. to tell myself. Did that well, answer the question? It did. <laughs> kind it of rambled. Did. I'm sorry. No, I mean, that, that was, it was perfect. And it was perfect because you're not alone. Yeah. Right. This is this is something that isn't easy. Mm -hmm. You're you're pushing yourself. It's called it's called the postdoc PT experience for a reason. It's something mm -hmm. that not everybody goes through. It's something that we don't know a lot about, mm -hmm. and we don't really understand what it does to people as much. And I can tell you from experience of talking to a lot of postdocs going through the process that they feel pretty much in the same way. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. like you said, different life situations come up. People deal with things in different ways. Things happen. Mm -hmm. I know for me personally, it's, it's, it's hitting me now in fellowship. Mm -hmm. And maybe it didn't hit me as much in residency. But I also got like a nice long two-ish month break because of this little thing called COVID. Yeah, right that, in the middle. I didn't get that. I I know that, that would have been nice. So my experience is, is technically incomplete. And that's why I want to have other people on to, to understand it a little bit better. Yeah. And like, when you say it's hitting you now, what do you mean? Like elaborate on that. It's just a lot, you know, like going mm -hmm. through residency, like you said, having, and it's not even a lot of pressure, like sure. It's a little bit of pressure, right? Yeah. I think we put more pressure on ourselves than other people mm -hmm. put on us. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just the consistent wearing away of you have to do this this week. Then the next thing is this next week. Like you're taking it a week at a time and mm -hmm. it feels like you're always taking your life a week at a time. And that's fine. That's good, but it's hard. Like yeah. 
it's, it's not something that we're meant to do all of the time and mm -hmm. to go, go, go. But at the same time, I think it's a good thing because like you said, you've grown a lot. And I know just from your first podcast, I'm just listening to the tone of your voice from your first podcast. I went back today and, and listened to a couple of different segments of it just so I could see the Shelby from the past because I know the Shelby of right now. She's and cool. not, only, not only your confidence, but just like the, the way you talk about PT, the way you hold yourself and carry yourself. It's like night and day. It's so cool. And I, I, you should go back and listen to it. And people listening should go back. It's kind of cool to see the development. And you're only going to grow more. Yeah. So that's the good thing. It's like, yes, you're pushing yourself day in and day out. But there is an end date to this. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're going to go and literally, like, this is your job. You're in a high-stress environment every single week for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. you're going to, you're going to be able to transition out of it into a next phase. And then there's going to be something else that comes up along the way, of course. Yeah, there always is. But this isn't perpetual. So I think, mm -hmm. and this has helped me, I think having the end in mind, being able to see that light at the end of the tunnel, yeah. even though for both of us right now, it's about seven ish months away. You didn't have to bring the number back up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm in it's the same boat though. It'll be good. It'll be good. It's going to be good right? It's like there's this one saying out there and it, it doesn't fully apply, but I've always liked this saying. It's, it said adversity causes some men to break others to break records. A so what I hear out of that is not that you need to be like the best PT in the world. What I, what I hear from that is you can either choose to take the adversity head on and learn from it and grow from it and be a better person from the other side or you can let it consume you and 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 ruin every moment along the way mm -hmm. and the cool thing is hearing you say what you just did five minutes ago you know yourself you just have to you just have to follow through which is the hard part for all of us right to set yeah. those boundaries like you just like you said i know all my triggers like i know i'm doing this i know like that's half the battle most people don't even know that that's so yeah. cool i mean i can it's definitely i can tell when i'm getting frustrated but um just now i need to fix it and learn to not do it every single day and right try to which, set good patterns for the rest of my career, which you will. And, and some of the, some of the good things that I've, that I've taken out of, out of my experience and the everyday push in the grind is what you said. It's like, you got to realize that your health, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, whatever it is to you mm -hmm. is just as important as your patients. Yeah. Right. And if you're not treating yourself well, then you're not going to be fully there for your patients. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think that's something that I've always, not always, but just more so recently, I've had not a hard time with, but I think I just get frustrated with is when you look at like the work culture here compared to other countries. It's like a little frustrating to me because, like, why do I feel bad about taking a Friday afternoon off? 
half my patients are going to cancel Friday afternoon anyway. <laughs> I shouldn't feel bad about taking a Friday afternoon off. Don't. But I do, but I do. And I hate that that's how I feel. And I know I'm not alone in my thoughts, but I find that to be so frustrating. And that's not something that Ohio State has instilled in me. That's not something that like, it's just like society. Uh, I could go on and on. I just find it so right. frustrating. Like right. I should not feel bad that I'm taking a week vacation at the end of July. It's my vacation time that I have earned, but I feel bad. And I feel like I'll be looked down upon and not looked at like a strong resident because I'm taking this time off but that's not how it is at all. I care about my patients. I provide good care. Right. I shouldn't feel bad about taking a week off. Technically it's not even a full week because I only work four days a week and I still feel bad. Right. Like, but it, it's just like, I know I'm not alone in the thought. I just find it to be very frustrating. Yeah. And, and it's, there's, there's always going to be ups and downs in that too, even though we recognize it, there's going to be some days or weeks that, that we do well with honoring ourselves and there's going to be other days and weeks that we do horribly and not eat lunch. Oh, I didn't say I didn't eat. I just, or take a lunch. I finish a patient at 53 minutes or 55 minutes. And I take that five minutes to eat my peanut butter sandwich. Nice. I make, nice. I have snacks throughout the day. Right. But I think being kind to yourself too, and, and realizing that you're not going to be perfect with it. Is important, That's but the goal for this summer is to be better about that. Cool. I'm uh, I'll help hold you accountable to that. I'll look it out for it for you. I'll ask Thank you about you. it. So is the entire residency because I put it in my monthly feedback form that I'm going to be better <laughs> about setting boundaries. Good, good. And you have a, a whole clan then to help you out. I do. I have a whole clan. Hey, and that's, that's what it's all about too, is like mm -hmm. the relationships that you build. And, and I want to go back to what you were saying about your mentors and and how it's so cool that they're they're able to have a relationship with you outside of it. Mm -hmm. I argue that you're really not a mentor if you don't have a relationship with your student or your mentee or something outside of mm -hmm. the clinic. Because my thought process is you really don't know them as well. And if you know the person, then you're going to be able to give them the feedback that they need at the moment. Mm -hmm. To progress them forward yeah because i don't know i don't know if i've had this conversation with you and i've, I've definitely had this conversation on a podcast before but one of one of my bigger realizations towards the end of residency was kind of like what you were saying it's not the the how or the what to do but it's more of the why and the decision making right mm -hmm. but it's also the fact that once you you figure out the why you figure out that there's multiple wise out there mm -hmm. and there's different reasonings and that's why things are so gray mm -hmm. and when you have these new residents come in and you're going to have them start to work with you take a take a step into your mentor's shoes see how mm -hmm. hard it is oh absolutely absolutely i was i still am i was and still am a psycho so i really respect everybody's patience with me and willingness. So, I mean, I obviously want to pay it forward. Right. And the thing is when it's so hard, what do you want to do? Like somebody, like if I was mentoring you and you had a patient, I would look at you and say, here's this confident qualified peer of mine. Mm -hmm. What am I going to like? I'm like, Oh crap. Like, what am I going to say to pick this apart to, to help her learn from this session? 
what oh, if I absolutely. don't find anything? Like what, like what if that's not the case? And, and the thing is then, then what I did in the beginning was just like not force fed information, but told them how I would do it. Mm-hmm. And the more I think about it, the more that's not the way that you mentor, you have to meet yeah. the person for where they're at. So if you're thinking about a student versus a resident versus a fellow in training, whatever, they're at different spots mm-hmm. for just different because they're different people. Some person's going to need the the feedback on the talking and the subjective side of things and how to go about it. Another person's going to need why did you do that intervention and, and, and where is that along your spectrum? Another person's going to need just like the bigger picture differential diagnosis prognosis thing. Mm-hmm. It's not what you can bring to the table. It's what they need at the time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, Sorry, I, I think some of our mentors need to do a better job of that because I, I know some of them don't do that and they do more of, oh, like do this and do that. And I'm not throwing anybody under the bus and I've done mm-hmm. this myself. I'm saying it's a hard thing to do, mm-hmm. but that's how I, that's how you got to get somebody to learn and grow. Cause you're not going to just tell them cause then it's going to go through one ear and then out the other, mm-hmm. but making somebody think a little bit more afterwards instead of just laughing. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think that it's uh I don't know. I think you put it, uh, you worded it well. I don't know if I've thought about it as in depth as you probably have. Um, but I think it's a, an excellent point. I, I imagine it's very difficult, especially if you have these higher level thinkers that aren't necessarily PT students, but they're practicing. And then you get to the second half of residency where now I'm sitting here saying, I feel confident in my skills. I feel confident in what I'm doing. Like, let's have mm-hmm. a conversation. Um, I imagine it is very difficult to have those conversations and, and try to think like, how am I advancing this person even more. Um, so I think, I think, uh, one thing that's been helpful is like a couple big takeaways from the session. So maybe, um, recently I've done more intervention based mentoring sessions. So it's one of those things like, what are your ideas? Like, let's talk through other things I could be doing. Let's talk through different, um, progressions you have. Cause I feel like right now I have a kind of a higher level caseload. Like I have a couple college athletes on my schedule Sweet. and just, I know it's been really cool, but learning just like those higher level um, interventions that I I might not have got to experience as much before has been interesting and kind of talking through like, oh, this is the literature that I got this from. This is the experience. These are some other ideas. And that's been really helpful for me. What you could also do on top of it. And it's really something that I haven't done yet, but I've been thinking about doing, and I'm probably going to uh, ask my, my fellowship mentors, Jake and Cody. Mm-hmm. to uh to do this with me and to uh to indulge me a little bit is what do you th- what do you think it would do to mentor them uh, put the shoes on know. the other put the shoes on the other feet so to speak yeah yeah and watch them and not only just watch them to observe but watch them to then challenge mm-hmm. at the end yeah i think i think that's an interesting point i am um... I don't know if I'd feel comfortable doing that. Um, okay, but we know that you're never going to feel truly comfortable with any of this. None yeah, of us do. Wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, it's None it's an interesting do. idea. I don't know if I would. Um, I think that's like sometimes what those mentor, like observing mentor sessions are like, though, like bringing up questions and saying like, why did you do this? Or sometimes I think about 
in a session, I've done this a couple of times where I think I would do this next with this patient. Mm-hmm. And then I would mark down like, okay, I would do this and this. And then afterwards we might chat through like, oh, why did you choose this idea? This is something that I would have done. You know, what's, what are your thoughts on that? And just taking a little bit of a different point that way. Um, right. So I think that's, that's one way that I might feel more comfortable doing it. Um, I think it's basically the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just at the point of you saying kind of back to what I was saying with the uh, telling them what you would do versus mm-hmm. the meeting the person where they're at on the mentoring scale. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which, which is, is very challenging. Oh, I, I'm sure it is. And I'm interested to see how it goes when um, my junior resident starts. It'll be fun. It will be fun. I'm very excited. She seems awesome. So going forward, what do you want to get out of the rest of residency then? You have six more months. Because mm-hmm. I felt like personally that starting around this point, it was really easy to become very stagnant. Oh, absolutely. It's um, very easy. Um, I think I would really like to get a lot more uh, with See, I run into this issue where I love treating the hip and the, and the knee. If, if it was up to me, I would only treat the hip and the knee, to be honest. I, but I have worked to get better at the shoulder and the neck because I feel like those were two spots where in the beginning of residency, I really focused on them because I knew I wasn't good at them. And then I like felt good. So I stopped and I was like, oh, I want the hips and the knees. So I got a lot more hips and knees and post-ops. And now I have more shoulders and I feel good treating the shoulder. Like I really do feel like I'm, I'm getting better. Um, but I would love to be, come like a, a hip and knee guru. Um, and I know that's not where, for what residency is for, but I would love more experience with those patient populations and get really, really good at that. Um, and I know that is not the goal of residency. So that is where I run into a little bit of a, a problem, but I would say, um, for the second half, this last third, I guess you could say of residency, I want to hang out with um, a couple of the specialists and hang and see what they have to say. Try to hang out with a couple of the hip surgeons at Ohio State. Um, I'm trying to set that up right now and just kind of like get as much of that as I can. Um, I think also just yeah. use the resources, out. right? Exactly. And just using the resources as much as I can and, and, and using Ohio State's resources there's, they have, I mean, they have so many different things. I always find the, the quarterly like hip, knee, upper extremity team meetings to be very insightful and very helpful. So obviously sitting in on as many of those as I can. Um, hey, boundaries. You can still sit in on meetings. Some of them are over <laughs> lunch and you just block your schedule. And then when your productivity is high, you can just miss for a meeting. It's fine. Perfect. I do. I really find those meetings to be very helpful though. Good, so, good, good, good. I do enjoy them. I'm just, just poking fun at you. I understand. Well, it, it's another thing. I mean, I have, the director has talked to me about it. I just, I know I do too much. I just, I know that I do. Like I've made two handouts for two different teams in the past two months. I have another one that I'm making for a different team that I'm a part of in a month. That's not even included in my residency work. That's other stuff I'm taking on. That's killer, And the, oh, and that's the director killer. is like, you have to stop. And I'm like, I can't. It's great experiences. Like I made a a, a return to soccer and a kicking progression for our soccer performance team and a manual therapy handout. And then I'm making 
uh, a mock interview um, protocol is not the right word, but a mock interview thing for our um, diversity and inclusion team. Uh, so all great learning experiences and all great things. I just am now sitting at a point where I feel burnt out. And so I have to be careful. Right. But that's why I like, I just want to take in all these opportunities and experience as much as I can to really become a well-rounded clinician and well-rounded team member and leader. And so I just need to chill. Well, it's a fine line, right? Because you do want to take advantage of all this stuff, but you don't want to push yourself over the edge to not take in anything. Like you need to sleep. I, you, need I am to be able to, you need to be able to process things. Yeah. That's what the, the uh, is for. <laughs> I, I like the fact that you want to be like that hip in the knee specialist that, that tells you, tells me that you really understand yourself as a clinician a little bit more and you know what you like and you know what you're good at. Mm-hmm. And, and there's mm-hmm. no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. I, think I mean, you, don't get me wrong. I, I do forward. actually like, yeah, I do actually like the shoulder now which is interesting because I hated it for the first two thirds of residency. Um, but I do like it. Like I still want to be able to treat everything, but I would love to be like the person that people go to for like hip and knee questions. Like that's my goal. Awesome. Do it. They, ex- yeah. they use the experience and, and do it. That's, that's the beauty, like we said, of residency. Mm-hmm. And like, this brings it back to, I think why you like the didactic things a little bit more because like all of this is going back to there's less pressure on, on these like individual lectures or like doing these individual things because you don't get anything out of, like you don't get a grade out of it. Right. You're not getting like, if you're attending this hip team meeting, you're not getting a grade or you're not getting quizzed on it later Mm -hmm. with your didactic meetings on Monday mornings. Like you're not getting quizzed on that. Like Mm -hmm. you can do it and you can put into it what you want to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the beauty of it. If you want to get a lot out of it, it's there, go for it. And that's, that's why I like the, uh, the academic institutions for the residency, like mm-hmm. the academic hospital settings, because they have so many resources and maybe I'm biased from that sense. And I, I do want to talk to more people and I have to I have a couple more coming up that are going to be a little bit more on the, the private practice side, but I think they have a lot of opportunities as well. Yeah. But, but that's like, that's the biggest thing is you're an adult learner. Now, no one's going to hold your hand. Mm-hmm. You want it, you learn it. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you're still gonna have to take the OCS. Exactly. That's why I have to be good at everything. <laughs> right. And, and to me, that was, I learned so much, even just from that. I don't want to talk about the OCS. <laughs> so much from that. And it was, it was cool. It was a cool experience. Yeah. And you know, the things that you're saying in the beginning about, like having proof behind things and, and having not the confidence, but the understanding and, and reality of where we're at and the extent of what research is right now, like the OC studying for that, we'll get it for you. That's mm-hmm. why I think just like, it's great if people don't even want to do a residency and just do that. Yeah. I think in general, just promoting specialty is, is the name of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would However agree. People I get think, there, whatever. Yeah, I would agree. I think that, um, yeah, I agree. It doesn't necessarily have to be right out of PT school, but I think working no, towards some type of specialty is, I agree. Right. I, think I, a, I want people to, to specialize before they're out of PT school, but it's pipe dream. We just have different, we, we just have different views. Right. 
I think it's hard. I think it's, I think it's hard to specialize before you leave school. If you haven't had a lot of experiences, I never had an outpatient neuro or inpatient neuro experience. I I think we should get that for you. You know, I'm good, but (laughs) it would have been cool. Like you never know. And what if I was interested and I, and I didn't know if I wanted to be an ortho person and wanted to go experience that. I think you should be able to try that out for a couple, couple years. Right. I agree. Maybe not a couple of years, but I think you should be able to try it out at least. And there's, it's like not a perfect scenario what we have right now. Obviously there's yeah. holes that we can poke in it of, of where, where the PT school to residency gap or PT school to specialty gap is. Yeah. There's things that need to be done to change it. And I am definitely not the person to tell you what that is. You can have thoughts though. You are a leader in PT and I mean, obviously you're, I don't know. I think you can have ideas. We're the future thoughts. of PT. We're probably the ones that are going to have to make it happen. So we got to have ideas. Probably we are the ones that are going to have to make it happen. You, me, and my mom who's listening to this. Hey, Ma. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that it's, we could go. That's a whole other podcast. Oh, I know. I know. I, I mean, to me, that's, that's part of the reason why I did residency though. Mm-hmm. Because like, yeah, I want to be a better clinician, but I also want to set myself up. And I talked about this in the last podcast. I want to set myself up for the future. And I'm trying to look ahead, not only like two or three or five years, but like, where's our profession going to be in 15 years? Mm-hmm. I'm almost scared. And I know this is like really stupid, but listening to a Joe Rogan podcast and just ideas come up with like how we're progressing as a society and I don't, you can believe it if you don't or like whatever, but we're progressing as society and things are happening at the medical level mm-hmm. that are changing. You don't see us changing too, too much right now in the yeah. PT realm. Like, I feel like we're, we're very small scoped, which I know there's under, there's limitations to our research right now. And I know it's really hard to do research on the human body and control for our, all of our physical and psychosocial variables that we need to to be able to get this research done and research is on psychosocial variables thing like it's it's hard (laughs) it's it's been so you know it's hard to do yeah but some at some points i worry are we a little bit too small in scope and missing the big picture what do you what do you um what are the big changes in the medical world that you feel like pt is not keeping up with i'm not and i'm not even saying like like, right now I'm, yeah. I'm just saying like things in, in the future are probably going to be a little bit different from, from just like the medical management side of things. Like whether we're talking about gene therapy and CRISPR or whatever, or we're talking about stem cell replacement therapies or anything along those lines to, to regrow tendons or muscles or, or, regenerate joints or whatever you're we're talking about like there's things that are being done right now that we really don't even do in america mm-hmm. but they're they're being tested out in like mexico and some of these other countries that have a little bit of like more less stringent laws on regulation and there's some reason those laws exist no and i'm not saying there's um, that's not the point the, po- <laughs> the point is that like there are things that are working for some people they're not foolproof and they need more work yeah but these things are coming and like there, some of them are almost here already. So my, my big fear is that we just 
fall behind and we're not connecting ourselves to that side of the field. Like let's mm-hmm. do some research with people working on gene therapy or like push, like push that side of things and see if we can put the, the PT spin on what they're doing and, and reach out to mm-hmm. that side. So like, I don't know, like it's, it sounds like I'm listening to myself. I hear what the words that I'm saying, it sounds kind of stupid. And it sounds like something that could be 50 to hundred to 150 years out. Who knows? I don't know. But you know what? 50 years ago, the PT profession looked totally different than it does now. Oh, absolutely. And I think you could argue both ways. I mean, they're always doing new surgeries. And I think that's the nice part about Ohio State is you have such a strong relationship between the surgeons and the PTs. And I really do think the surgeons value the benefit of PT. And I know it's not like that everywhere, but these new surgeries, they're including PTs and on the rehab side because they know that they need the rehab. So I think of the the PAO that they're doing for hip dysplasia. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a new surgery and they're getting the PT side. We literally had a meeting the other day with the two surgeons that perform that surgery. So I I see what you're saying about those higher level um, therapies, but I I would argue you got to figure out if they work first before you can include all the extra stuff. And I know that's what you're saying. And I, I, I get that. And I know you're not trying to but, you know, let's make sure it works. And then we can jump in on the PT side. We might be a little bit later and you could probably argue, let's do it at the same time. But I'm just, you know, there's always no, I, an argument. I totally, no, I totally agree. I, I thank you for, for calling me out on these things and putting caveats to what I'm saying. Because most my favorite people, thing to do. Most people don't when, when we're just talking on this podcast and just like agree. Am or, I the annoying person on the podcast? No, I want people to disagree with me. I don't want to just be, just be bouncing ideas off that we just agree with. Like residency is great. Yeah. Residency is great. Yeah. You mentoring is good. Yeah. You need to do this. Yeah. Mentoring is good. Yeah. Do this too. I, I agree. We, yeah, should, have been, we should have included someone who doesn't think a residency is needed. We should have included Kyle in on I've the podcast. A podcast. Have you, you haven't listened we to that podcast add- yet? I'm, I'm, I'm too busy setting boundaries, Nick. I can't include everything. <laughs> touche, touche. Oh, I'll listen. I'll listen to it. I'll listen, listen, to it. listen to it on before Monday. Then we'll talk. I about actually, it. I actually, have, I actually have listened to part of it in my defense. I just didn't just listen to the whole don't thing. To it. I promise. Don't listen to it. No, but you're you're right, and I, I think it's interesting to talk about. Talk with people. Excuse me, that have different opinions. I think that one thing that should happen is get PTs in higher leadership positions in the hospital system and in other parts, which I think is starting to happen at Ohio State. But that's um, one thing. I think that would be a big role. Yeah. Keep supporting APTA and things like that. We need to, Shelby. We need to. I see the face so that you're making. So much money. It's so much I money. I know. Yeah, that's a whole, uh, that's fine. That's I'll a whole another to, enchilada. I'll continue I to do it. I just don't understand why it has to be so much. Yeah, they should decrease it a little bit. So maybe more people would do it. Just like uh, Vale did. Yeah, they, think they about dropped their how things many more 20% people. And they gained 33% in revenue because they dropped it 20%. So APTA, APTA people, if you're listening. APTA, take note, <laughs> even though I'll still do it. But yeah, I don't know. That's a, no. another thing. I mean, I mine's due, mine's up this this month. It's it's same, and I have to pay and, for the OCS. Well, you let's, have to pay for half of it. Let's go. Maybe. Well, I'm gonna yeah. Let's go. 
yeah, Ex- exciting stuff, fun times with your uh, yeah. resident salary. Good job. Good for you. And I just paid for a trip to California too. So we're thriving. Hey, that's, those are boundaries. That sounds like boundaries. Yeah. Sweet. Speaking of boundaries, it's late. I know you have to treat tomorrow. It's a, uh, it's already nine twenty. Yeah. Are you going to do your workout class tomorrow morning? I feel like I owe you an apology because at our last podcast, I definitely made fun of you for waking up at 4.45 a.m. I have talked to many people at Ohio State about how psychotic you are about waking up that early to work out, and I now do it. So I apologize for making fun of you. It's kind of cool, isn't it? It's something. It, it, it has helped me. It has helped me. It's something, but... Well, just to let you know, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think I just reached the same point that you did in residency. And now I just work out at 5 a.m. Having a physical outlet is not a bad thing either. It's honestly been so helpful for me. It's been very nice. Good. I mean, it was helpful for me when I did it too. So I can, uh, I can totally relate to that. Love it. Anything else you want to say to our listeners or want to say to me before we uh, sign on off? Choose PT. Choose postdoc. Yeah. What are you, what are you doing come December, Nick? That's my final question. What am I doing come December? I am looking to position myself in (laughs) the best space possible. I do. I do want to stay at Ohio state for at least another couple of years and Mm -hmm. see what I can do with uh, maybe trying to come on as like faculty for residency or fellowship stuff and doing what I can do to progress that. But like you said, I'm trying not to overstep boundaries. And I also know and realize that I need to treat for a little bit of time and just be okay with that overstepping boundaries i don't i don't do you mean asking to be involved would be overstepping a boundary no i'm just saying like boundaries is in like setting boundaries for myself and giving myself time to relax after uh going two and a half years and completing a residency and a fellowship and mm-hmm. that mark yeah no I, I can dig it so we'll see i mean the ultimate goal is to teach somewhere and to be a part of a postdoc faculty and to push that so that's what I'm pushing towards, and we'll see if we can make that happen. The dream. The dream. It's alive and well. It's kicking. We just got to take it one step at a time. Who knows what it's going to look like in two months, right? Two months? Yeah, it might change. Are you? Dreams it's change, Shelby. June. Oh, you're saying your dreams might change. Dreams in two can change. Thought processes change. What you just said to me here is not a reflection of you, it's a reflection of your thoughts in this moment. Don't have to be married to your ideas or your opinions. We'll leave you at that. Great way to end it. Thanks for coming on, though. I really appreciate it. It's been yeah, fun. Yeah, thanks for having me back. It was fun. Maybe we can. What's our uh, time? What's our we time? Can, I don't know. I'm not. I don't time these things. But maybe we can. Uh, we can do it after the end of residency is over and see mm-hmm. the iteration and the full evolution of Shelby. Stop. Okay. Okay. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for supporting us. Postdoc PT, out.